G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Always enjoy a Friday and an opportunity to touch base with Christian cultural commentator Bill Muhlenberg, uh, who's been blogging this week with a number of very serious articles that deal with issues to do with socialism. And where does a Christian sit by way of getting a context around where that socialist position might sit? Because there is some confusion that seems to be uh, causing some fuzziness around whether Christianity actually is similar to socialism. Bill Muhlenberg has been writing about issues that have been going on in Scandinavia and in the what we could call a failed state now of Venezuela and asking the question, actually, no, Jesus was not a socialist. Uh, Bill Muhlenberg back with us today. Hello, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Uh, Bill, this is one of those fuzzy questions that sometimes Christians, while we might uh, hearken to a particular idea that says, no, of course, Christians are not socialist, sometimes the definition there gets in the way and gets fuzzy and, and people could associate Christianity with socialism. You've been writing about it this week. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I've gotten a bit of a role, actually. did four articles on the issue for various reasons. It's becoming quite popular in political circles, and as you say, a lot of Christians can get quite uh, confused in their thinking uh, on this, and we need to have a bit of clarity in biblical as well as political and economic. So, yeah, it's been a theme I've been running with lately. Um, If you simply said we should be caring, compassionate, concerned about the poor, well, you know, there's no no objection there whatsoever. However, that's uh, not really what we mean by socialism. As I seek to define it in my pieces, it has more to do with the state basically owning wealth or the means of production and the state deciding where funds should go and so on. Uh, that's a bit of a difference from Christians being generous with their own wealth and taking from their own private resources, uh, monies, and so on, to help either their neighbor or somebody overseas. So uh, uh, keeping that distinction in mind would be the the first point, I'd say. Uh, Bill, this issue of generosity comes into play here, doesn't it? When we talk about uh, whether we attend to the needs of the poor as a Christian or whether we somehow think it is the state's responsibility, how do you define how you deal with whose responsibility is it to actually look after the poor? Well, again, we have to look at what Scripture teaches on these matters, Um For example, if you just uh, stuck with the New Testament on this, we'd see plenty of passages about, you know, the need to look after the poor, to be concerned about those less needy than ourselves. However, any uh, quick reading of all those New Testament texts will show that never uh, is the state in view. It's always uh, Christians who are being addressed or congregations 
saying, all right, do you need to be generous with your wealth, with your uh, uh, riches? And, um, you know, it's not a question of handballing this to the state or having the state force individuals with, uh, you know, the power of state coercion to say, all right, you're going to look after this poor guy or this poor nation, whether you like it or not, and we're going to take your money from you to do it. Uh, again, the biblical pattern is always the individual Christian or church uh, using the, the gifts that God has given them to be generous to others. Bill, when we talk about the poor, and sometimes we would include in that the vulnerable, uh, those who are at risk and those that do need to be cared for, people will bring Jesus into the picture and say, well, of course, Jesus wants to care for the poor. But those who've got their hand up saying that they are people of social justice are the ones who are claiming that they are the ones who care for the poor. And sometimes it's difficult not to align yourself with those who are pursuing social justice, uh, even though they come from a position uh, which is socialist. How do you deal with that? Yeah, well, the, you know, the issue of looking after the poor, I think everybody, regardless of their political persuasion, in fact, does care about whether you're a political conservative or a political liberal, uh, right? Everybody talks about, all right, what can we do? How can we help the poor? I guess the real question is moving beyond just good intentions to see what actually works. Uh, this is when you get into facts and figures. You know, what has been the history? Have uh, socialist countries actually helped the poor or have they made matters worse? Have free market economies, with all of their faults, actually done more to raise the masses out of poverty, to generate wealth, and so on? Uh, one of the things the kind of the social justice or religious left tends to forget, and that is before you can redistribute wealth, uh, of course you have to first create it. Wealth has to be created. That's something the free market has been very good indeed at doing, whereas uh, various kinds of state socialism have been pretty abysmal at creating wealth. And I suppose you just simply look at a country, as we said, Venezuela, um, not too long ago held up by the left and by socialists as being the model socialist state where everything was just wonderful. Well, it's, uh, it's terrible. Uh, they're going to quickly, by the end of the year, be up to a million percent inflation there's starvation, people are eating their own pets, they're fleeing the country, crime is on the rise. It's just a terrible place, and one can put it down directly to uh, deliberate socialist policies. So that's just the latest example where good intentions are not enough. You have to match your rhetoric with reality. Bill, when we talk about Jesus, where he fits in this sort of mix, because those who are on the social justice, uh, care for those who are in poverty type agenda, they'll say, of course, Jesus is on our side. Uh, those on the other side, the capitalist side, will say it's Jesus who gives us the capacity to build wealth, and therefore uh, that gives us an opportunity to care for the poor. He must be on our side. Where do you think Jesus fits in the spectrum of which side is Jesus on? Is he a socialist or is he a capitalist? <laughs> 
Good question. Oh, he's probably, you know, ultimately neither. And he didn't come to be an economic guru. He came to redeem mankind from the sins that they're in. So in one sense, we can say, of course, Christianity itself rises above party politics and ideology. However, as we said before, it's your intentions alone that aren't going to be sufficient. Uh, what system actually does, in fact, help the poor? What's got the proven track record? Now, many of these on the religious left will look at the early church, Book of Acts, claim, oh, see, they're into communism, they're into socialism. They shared their goods. Well, uh, I've written a number of articles on that as well. It's not quite that simple. In fact, if you look at it, it's simply a voluntary, again, case, Christians voluntarily giving of their wealth. There was no state coercion. There were no government troops with guns demanding that cash be handed over for whatever project they wanted to run with. So uh, we look at a great uh, case of Christian generosity in the book of Acts, but we do see it was a, a temporary solution to a temporary problem, as we read in Acts 4 and 5. And so um, it's not a kind of a political ideology. It's not a case where communism is simply another example where if Christians have their own private property, which in fact is the heart of the free market, uh, they can do with their own personal wealth as they wish. Now, should Christians give a lot more and be a lot more generous? Well, I think so. But the idea that the state should decide who gets the money and how, uh, that's a bit foreign to the biblical data. Bill, you mentioned an important point here when you use the word communism because some people will understand socialism as a step away from communism. And then there's the opposite uh, perspective, the other end of the spectrum, which is capitalism. Uh, there is a sense, isn't there, in which uh, if you're trying to define where Jesus sits on all of that, uh, typically communism is a godless idea, whereas capitalism tends to uh, be the method by which uh, the Christians of the West have brought about the wealth and the development and the flourishing in the West. Uh, what are your thoughts on on those differences? Well, there's no question that those who most fiercely pushed for communism were, of course, atheists, and uh, atheism was a fundamental part of their political ideology. Uh, again, as I said in some of my articles, uh, if we go with the biblical data, well, simply if we ran with a statist kind of socialism, where it's the state who does everything with our wealth, uh, well, we got a violation already of the Eighth and the Tenth Commandments about, uh, you know, not stealing, about not coveting your neighbor's goods. The truth is the Bible throughout presupposes private property, uh, the right of individuals to have their own wealth. Uh, that certainly is hard done by, and, you know, as you get more severe in various government forms of socialism, the less right you have to any of your own possessions. So, uh, again, just thinking with the biblical data, uh, it's hard to reconcile certainly the extreme forms of uh, Marxism, communism, socialism, with what the Bible enjoins upon believers. And Bill, you seem to indicate that both sides are flawed. Uh, socialism is flawed. 
there are flaws on the side of capitalism, but the tendency, as you've done that study into the scripture, seems to be that the ownership of private property and the generosity that comes from the heart is much more adequate in meeting the needs of the poor than the other side. How do you sort of sum up uh, the idea of where you might think of uh, those sorts of things uh, in this spectrum of uh, uh, left to right or capitalism versus socialism? Yeah, well, again, in a fallen world, there is no perfect anything, political system, economic system. So uh, the free market unchecked can be... Uh, you know, get into a lot of bad directions. Uh, as I've written in these four articles, I think, generally speaking, the free market approach is more compatible with the biblical data. But as I also wrote in a few of these articles, uh, most of those who were promoting uh, things like capitalism always went along and said, this has to be sustained by a moral or even a religious basis. If you don't have that moral foundation or religious underpinnings, uh, you know, you can just end up with a dog-eat-dog world of uh, pure economics materialism. So many of the great defenders of the free market have always added that provision. We need this moral, even religious foundation to really make it function. Well, Bill, I know that there'll be listeners who'll be very, very impressed that you've been really examining some of these issues so much more closely this week than most of us even give thought to. And uh, four articles uh, when it comes to these issues of Christianity and socialism, uh, capitalism, and where was Jesus in all of that? And I'll point people to your blog site, billmuhlenberg.com, or simply Google Culture Watch, one word, and you'll find the latest articles written by Bill Muhlenberg. Bill, thanks very much for uh, great thoughts once again today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.